Good day, everyone, and thanks for listening to Kansas City's Northeast Newscast. I'm your host, Paul Thompson, and this week I'll be joined by Ana Ramirez, the latest AmeriCorps Vista housed at the Matty Road Center in the historic Northeast. So you might be wondering, what is an AmeriCorps Vista? And, thankfully, I pulled up a little snippet from their website to explain the program and what their goals are. Vista, Volunteers in Service to America, was conceived by President John F. Kennedy as a domestic counterpart to the Peace Corps and was started by President Lyndon Johnson as part of the War on Poverty. The first Vistas began working in 1965 in migrant farm worker camps in California, the hollows of eastern Kentucky, and the urban neighborhoods of Hartford, Connecticut. In 1994, Vista was incorporated into the AmeriCorps network of programs. Today, AmeriCorps Vista is as vibrant and necessary as ever. So that's the language that the program's official website uses to describe the work that it does. But to be frank, Anna does a much better job of describing what it's like day to day in the historic Northeast. In our 30-minute discussion, Anna comes off as thoughtful, determined, and engaged, though she's clear from the outset that she's not here with a cape or a magic wand. She hasn't been sent to Kansas City to serve as the catalyst for change. Rather, she's here to find the catalyst for change and to help empower them in their own communities. In our conversation, I talked to Anna about how she got involved in the AmeriCorps Vista program, how she ended up in Kansas City, what her initial impressions were when she arrived, and how they've changed over the course of her first few months in the area, what projects she's been working on since she arrived, and what she hopes to accomplish over the next eight months, and much more. What follows is my conversation with AmeriCorps Vista, Ana Ramirez. Thanks for listening. All right, yeah. <laughs> now uh, we are. Okay. Paul Thompson here at the Maddie Road Center, uh, sitting across from Ana Ramirez. She's at the AmeriCorps Vista. This is where she's stationed, but I, we're going to learn a little bit more about why she's here, what she's doing in the Northeast, and what her impressions have been of the area. So thank you very much for joining us today, Ana. How are you? Doing really well. Glad to be here. Excellent. I'll just jump right into it. Uh, yeah. I think for people who haven't met you or don't really understand what this program's all about, <laughs> uh, maybe I should just start by asking you, okay. what is an AmeriCorps Vista? Absolutely. So AmeriCorps Vista, it's, um, many people have heard of the Peace Corps. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's So in some ways, you can imagine AmeriCorps Vista as the, the domestic version of the Peace Corps, where mm-hmm. students who have recently graduated from college or a couple years after graduation just kind of want to put their talents, use, and energy to something that's good for the community. So uh, AmeriCorps Vista was kind of, kind of, so was created uh, with, uh, after, I think during President Kennedy's term mm-hmm. in office, and Vista stands for Volunteer in Service to America. So one of the things that really differentiates Vista from some of the other programs, it, it really focuses on capacity building. So we're not here just to, you know, save the world, to like, mm-hmm. you know, like to be the person in the forefront. We're more here to kind of be more in the background and find who are people who can step up and be leaders in the community and how is it that we can take the skills and knowledge that we have learned and how can we pass it on. So it's kind of this idea of sustainability and as it is in the name, this kind of volunteer and service to America and just kind of working with communities here and particularly like low-income communities. Well, and that's an interesting point because mm-hmm. uh, the thing to point out, I think, is that it is a temporary assignment. I think you'll be here for Absolutely. a year. Yeah, it's a year. So... I think you kind of spoke to it there. The idea is you identify people in the community who are already yeah. here, who are already right. maybe somewhat active, Absolutely. but kind of encouraging them to become even more active and yeah. 
to, I guess, become the change that they want to see or to become the lightning rod for change that they want to see in their own communities. Yeah, that's correct. Well, cool. And if you could just maybe describe how you got involved a little bit. When did you first hear about the the VISTA program? Yeah, um, so after graduation, I graduated in 2015. Mm -hmm. I had friends who were doing VISTA. Um, I didn't apply at the time just because I knew that I wanted to go to Guatemala. Mm -hmm. My I guess path was going more abroad. So I had friends who were involved in Vista, and I saw their experience online on social media, and it just seemed very, in a very, a very impressive experience. And a lot of people seemed to get a lot out of it. Just because I know that after graduation, a lot of folks can be kind of confused on what do I do now, or how do I really give back in the community after being four years and in this why institution. Why aren't the offers <laughs> just pouring in right now? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, so after being in Guatemala, I. I don't know. I guess I just didn't want to. What were you wanna... doing in Guatemala? I was a teacher. You don't mind me asking. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? No, yeah, I was a teacher. I was a teacher, and also, um, so my background is I'm Native American, but mm-hmm. it's a tribe from Guatemala. So oh, I was cool. learning my ancestral language and also teaching English. Hey. So my idea has always been like, if I'm going to get not just taking from the community, but giving back. So I was giving these English lessons at a middle school, but I was also learning my ancestral language. Right. It was a so, give and take, right? Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. And um, so. Yeah, so I did work in Guatemala, and I loved it, but I felt like I wanted to do similar work in the United States. So I looked through different programs, and VISTA just really stood out to me. Like I said, it's this idea of, um, you know, kind of volunteering service to America, but it's not like service in terms of like I have had folks who really like to see themselves as the savior or the person who comes to help everybody right it's not really how that that's not how it works it's kind of more I think it's more effective if you really just humble yourself down and just try to you know in terms of sustainability just find the people who can really make it happen and know that you're not going to be the change maker but you can help people move themselves forward along and that's what I wanted from this sort of the weekend warrior type deal (laughs) people come in there on the you know swoop in once a week and then we have We'll do this together. Yeah, and then I know. You, then you go back home out to the suburbs. And, I know, right. right. So, or just, and they post a lot of pictures on social media. So people right. Like, it's yes. like you were there for 22 minutes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you make Absolutely. it seem like you built that house yourself. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I get that. Yeah. And I can, I can understand why you uh, would try to avoid that. But, yes, uh, absolutely. Well, and so did you have a chance to talk to some people who had participated in the program before uh, you joined up? Or did I, you just uh, jump in with both feet? Yeah, I just kind of just dived in head first. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I had my friends who did it, uh, and I was always in communication with them during their service year, mm-hmm. so I didn't know a little bit of the expectations, right. but uh, in some ways, like, this whole Vista, like, me joining Vista was kind of serendipitous, um, because I because I started applying in July, and then I was brought in Guatemala for a bit. My grandma was sick, so I visited her, and I came back really late in August. The application was due in, like, a week. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, can't do it anymore. Yeah. But then I got this email from Mary Sear at the Maddie Road Center. It's like, we're looking for this person, bilingual, working with this population. And basically everything that she listed was what I was looking for exactly. So I sent in my application, and then she was like, we want you to be here. And then one week later, I moved out. So How did she get your contact information? I don't know. <laughs> no, that's the thing, because it was, like, the only Vista email I've ever gotten. The only thing. And I think it was, like... I joined a mailing list or something prior, at least? No. I mean, are they just, like, she pulling you out of a hat? No, like, I started my application, and I think I put my email down. Uh, and I okay. think she was very judicious, so she, like... Um, was just looking through the She candidates. looked through the database, and she, like, narrowed it down to, like, bilingual, uh, college-educated, and mm-hmm. some other stipulations. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think she told me she, like, emailed, like, um, like 2,000 people. And out of those names, like, one of those... Out of those 2,000 emails that came to me in North Carolina... 
you know, after I came back from Guatemala, so I just applied to it. And hmm. I thought Vista was gone. Like, I didn't think I could do it anymore because the I missed my chance. Yeah, because I came back. But you kind of, like, had a workaround there because you yeah. got contacted directly, right? <laughs> yeah, so it was very serendipitous, very much so. And I really love my time here, you know, hence my sweatshirt yeah, of Kansas City. I really like it here. Uh, it being an audio format, it's, uh, I know. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a picture of a map of the United States on a T-shirt yes. uh, with a heart right over the Kansas City area. Exactly, so, the heart of America, no? Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, then, how much direction did you get before being embedded somewhere? Then, I mean, you you get the email from from Mary. Did mm-hmm. how much did you get to talk to her beforehand? Yeah. What, what was that situation like? No, how long? How long absolutely. was it? I guess. Uh, can you describe that period between when you first got Goodness. that email from Mary <laughs> and then you said, "Okay, I'm in," and signed on the dotted line, so to speak? Okay, absolutely. So I got the email, and it was um, kind of in your resume and a writing sample, so they she, they know kind of your ability. So I got the email. I responded immediately, like two hours later, and then she got back to me like later in the evening was like I want to interview you I really like your application so the next day we, I think that we interviewed and then after that it was another interview with Mary and John the CEO mm-hmm. at Maddie Rhodes mm-hmm. and then it was just me constantly talking to um, Mary about what my you know I'll get about my questions about the area what's it like and then I also got the phone number of the Vista last year Michelle Hatch uh-huh. so I you know I had a long conversation with her so because the more I learned about it the more more interested I was so I just kind of kept the conversations going because if I'm really going to commit to something I really need to know what's kind of are the expectations and if it's a good fit for me but the more I heard about this area here in the northeast the people involved the diversity of the area I just became more you know interested which is why after I got notified that you know I'm in they want me to be here I moved out one week later and you moved from where North Carolina so you're in North Carolina Mm -hmm. and that's where you went to school I went to school in Rhode Island. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, and, yeah. And what school is it? Yeah, I went to Brown University. Oh, excellent. Cool. Yeah. And yes. you essentially, so you were back in North Carolina by this time, though? Yep, I was. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. And you had a conversation with Michelle, and what, mm-hmm. what did she tell you? Yeah, she just kind of told me what it's like, the day-to-day, working with the communities, the importance of capacity building, and particularly that I'll be with Likens and Indian Mound. So she mm-hmm. kind of told me a little bit about... I guess the people who are involved, the personalities, um, what she does, and, um, you know, and then just kind of like that kind of back and forth, just me asking these questions and also just kind of figuring out what it's like and also just figuring out the living situation because Mm. I didn't know anybody here. Like, that's kind of one of the reasons I moved here because I was born in California, Mm -hmm. grew up in North Carolina, went to school in Rhode Island. So it's very much been like Northeast-West. But Midwest is something I don't really know. So it's kind of that draw, just getting to know more people. and, And the fact that, you know, problems with poverty and diverse communities, these aren't situation com- isolated communities this happens in california this happens in north carolina mm-hmm. happens in rhode island so i was just very much drawn to see you know what are the similar problems and in some ways not think about it in isolation but what are the similar situations that we can figure out together was kind right. of one of the things i was interested in interesting so she uh didn't throw you for a loop uh, she, she was accurate <laughs> with her description of, of the experience yeah. <laughs> she was yeah and um yeah so um 
So, yeah, I moved here, like, a week after I found out. But I didn't have to do that. Like, uh, I started on September 12th, but I moved here, like, August 28th. Okay. So I moved here um, a, a little over a week. Or I think it was maybe maybe later. I think it was, like, September 1st. I don't remember. Okay. But I moved here, like, a week and a half earlier before I started because, for me, if I'm really going to do this work, build community, build capacity, then I really need to know the community and need to know who the people are. So I moved mm-hmm. here a week early before I actually had to work because I wanted to kind of figure out myself in the city, in the community. Um, I moved here a week early, and um, certain things, like, for example, I had this Native American background, so I went to the Native American Center, began to make friends there. I identify myself as Catholic, so I found out a Catholic church here in the Northeast, Mm -hmm. in Sheffield. Mm -hmm. And just because, for me, this idea of community is something I take very seriously, it you know, it has to be a very genuine relationship. It can't just be because I'm my Vista year, so I'm just going to, you know, do it Monday through Friday. Right. Like, for me, it's kind of, it has to be this kind of lifestyle, this way of being. You're not really unplugging on the weekends, no, so to speak. No, not really. <laughs> I'm always here on the week, during the weekends, too. I mean, I do my shopping on, you know, Gringo Local right. or, uh, like, Mercado Fresco because that's where I find my cultural foods. And on Sundays, I go to Sheffield. So I'm always here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess um, yeah. <laughs> that kind of uh, ties into the question I was okay. going to ask you next about... Uh, uh, what what were those initial impressions of the historic Northeast when you got here? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And how have those maybe altered over the course of your first several months? Here? Yeah, absolutely. So I moved here a week and a half earlier, and I started getting to know people um, not only in the Northeast but also outside of the Northeast. So um, I was, um, I don't know, I think a lot of people who don't, don't come by the Northeast have these kind of misconceptions about it. Kind sure. of, they just think it's just very much driven by uh, poverty and just certain items that I feel like they don't really understand. And yes, of course, there are certain um, problems that one encounters here, but I don't think that's fair to describe the whole place. Right. Just because, um, yeah, there is this historic component, and I find that a lot of people don't seem to know about that outside no. of here. No, and I find that when I talk to some of my right. friends, you know. Yeah. Like, wait, where is that again? Absolutely. And you have to, like, explain by neighborhood exactly where it is. So it's, like, downtown, and then you go, like, 20 <laughs> blocks east. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know? Yeah, and it seems like... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just with some of the different conversations I had, a lot of people don't seem to try to make the effort to come out here. And, you know, and there's just a really a lot a lot of great stuff. I mean, you can walk down Independence and pa- pass down, like, different stores that are mm-hmm. super diverse. And, right. you know, where else are you going to see that at? I guess you could say the city market, but that doesn't even compare to no. kind of what we have here. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but, you know, I... The misconceptions people were telling me, I just didn't let myself be carried away by that. Just because, I mean, I grew up in communities that had the, that people who were outsiders had misconceptions about, but it wasn't the reality. So, you know, I just kind of like, okay, yeah, sure, that's what people think. But, you know, I just never really let that describe my experience here. And, you know, and as I kind of got more involved, um, there seems, it seems like, I don't know, like there's a lot of pride that Northeast has for being here, the historic component, the diversity. And um, last month I was doing focus groups at the high school, Northeast High School, sure. and a lot of the kids talked about, you know, being feeling very proud of the languages and diversity. And, you know, it's just, I don't know, you see that all the time. And I think it's one of the great things that we have here that yeah. it's not just bicultural, Hispanic or white or black. It's just also all these other people from different countries, you know, who are, I guess, refugee folks as well, but well, they no. bring all of this culture too. And that is one of the things that uh, has impressed me with the Northeast. Since, yeah. You know, I've only been working down here for a couple of years myself, mm-hmm. but uh, when I found out that, you know, Della Lamb yeah. uh, does a lot of refugee resettlement around here, and I yeah. got a chance to meet some people, and mm-hmm. 
are super impressive, you know? right? <laughs> and I, yeah, so yeah. I, that I think that's humbling too, you know. You yeah, thought, absolutely. Um, and to have all those preconceived notions maybe kind of dissolve as you mm-hmm. as you learn and meet new people yeah. is, um, you know, you can't really. It's an experience that's definitely worth having, and absolutely. I think it it just makes everybody a little bit more aware of their surroundings. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I also wanted to ask about like the greater Kansas City metropolitan area. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were you expecting, and what what did you see when you got here? Um, to be quite frank, I didn't know anything about the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um, I only the only thing I really imagined was cornfields and cows. Uh, but I, uh, it's funny you said that. No, no, but I mean, it was kind of on the drive here, especially from St. Louis to um, you know to Kansas City, you do see some of that. But I was just very impressed. It's such a very, it's a very beautiful city. Right. I, I think I talk about diversity a lot, but I think I talk about it because I really love it. Right. Um, and yeah, I didn't know Kansas City also that they have really great barbecue. Uh, like, yeah. yeah, I didn't have know you, that. Have you, have you, uh, have you uh, decided on any favorites yet? No, well, I mean, I'm in the, I really like um, Gates. Yes. Gates is pretty great. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh-huh. that might be my winner, but I still need a, I actually have a bucket list of things I want to do here, so kind of. What, what else is on there? If you don't mind There's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot. Um, I I wish I had it with me. But... My bucket list is like seventy five percent food related. Really? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think mine is probably around the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I understand that, but yeah. uh, it's funny you mentioned like cows and cornfields because uh, I I moved to the Kansas City area. Yeah. Um, from actually overseas in sixth grade. Oh, okay. And yeah. I was, uh, I mean, I had these super vivid memories of me thinking about what it was going to be like and definitely like there's there's definitely corn and like a barn in the background (laughs) it's funny that you brought that up because I had that exact same impression when I first came here and then I'm like oh yeah all right well yeah I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think a lot of other people think that, but upon coming here, it's very much a pleasant surprise. Or they've all seen Wizard yeah. of Oz. And I know. I was actually like, going to say that's the same thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. We all. Yeah. Funny how these how these impressions are formed, and I know. Um, right. Yeah. And obviously, the reality is. And maybe if you go to the right places, you might be able to find that, you know, yeah. <laughs> to fit that into that little the impression. Whole but, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's definitely yeah. going to be some farms if you go yeah. a few a few miles outside of the right. city. But, yeah. yeah. Um, I thought that was pretty funny. But, yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you as well about uh, some of the projects that you work on, uh, or that you've been working on since you've been here. Mm-hmm. The first time I met you was at a, a cleanup. Oh yeah. Uh, yes. It was over at I think it was Lycan's yes. Park. Yes. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, it was kind of a, a group of high school kids that come mm-hmm. around and uh, were just picking up trash around the area. Yep. And so that was the first time I had a chance to encounter yeah. you. But, but what else have you been doing yeah. over the course of the, these first few months? Absolutely. So a lot of what I do is mainly working with Indian Mound and Lichens. Mm-hmm. Um, admittedly, my last four months have been has been mainly with Lichens. Um, so, for example, last year they had the Neighborhood Rising Fund. So mm-hmm. it's, a, I guess, a grant that helps build capacity in neighborhoods. So uh, they got the grant and what their, I think, project was called was like marketing and engagement initiative. So it was just kind of working with them and designing marketing materials. And for me, kind of, as I mentioned, it's important for me to be more like in the background, not let myself kind of just, you know, be the one who kind of just takes over. You don't want to be kinda, the driving force no, because then all. when you're gone, there's a vacuum. Uh, exactly. So uh, so one of the projects I was working with them was just kind of designing these marketing materials. There was someone in Lycans, her name's Cheryl. She's really awesome. So she had an interest in kind of getting the designs up and going. So she 
got her designs, but we wanted, uh, but folks wanted it expressed that they wanted it to look a little, um, little more different, just being to change it. So I took her designs and I showed it to my friend Donna from Indian Mound, and since she has a more experience in doing more design, she was able to edit it, and then so it's just kind of in conversation, connecting people rather than me just going in and designing the whole thing and being done with it. It was just more, you know, letting people step up and show, you know, let their talents kind of bring be to the forefront. Right. So it was just kind of working with them on that level. So that's kind of, I guess, something that I've been working on with lichens, and we've been able to just kind of do yard signs, door hangers, um, like a big banner, um, and just a lot of different items. So that's just something more specific in regards to that neighborhood. Um, these are like promotional materials <clears throat> for the neighborhood? Yeah, this is Stuff for Stuff that they would put the, on their website or something of that yeah, nature? Yeah, it's for the Lichens Neighborhood Association, just okay. because they want to increase the attendance of that. So that's kind of more specific to the neighborhood, but something else is just kind of working with the uh, with Mary, with the Northeast Alliance together. Mm-hmm. In November, there was a meeting where a lot of, um, I guess, community leaders have expressed, I guess, um, I guess youth aren't engaged, and sometimes this can lead them to be involved in maybe illicit activity or doing things in the community that can be harmful sometimes. Mm-hmm. So that kind of uh, prompted um, a conversation with my uh, with my supervisor, Mary, and we had this idea of doing focus groups at the high school. So um, at Maddie Rhodes, we have someone who works at Northeast High School. So um, I was able to get to know teachers and talk to the principal, and they got the idea approved. And the whole idea of this project was to really get to know where the students are coming from, what mm-hmm. are their interests, what is it that they want to see happen, or you know, to answer the question, do they have enough activities, a mm-hmm. little you know, or they don't want anything else. And why not? Yeah, and, you know, why not? Yeah, Mm -hmm. so um, it was going to be a focus group initially, just kind of asking these questions with a group of, you know, maybe 10 to 12 kids um, at the the high school. Um, So it was, how it happened is, so I reached out to the principal, he approved it, then I reached out to send an email to all the teachers, and I was very pleasantly surprised by how many teachers wanted me to come in and talk to their you know, to oh, the you students. Went to the full class. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, like? it was really great. I found the teachers were very receptive to it, and I was very excited to see that. And whenever I spoke to the kids about the project, they too seemed very excited. They had a lot to say. And initially, I thought I was aiming for maybe like seventy-five students to talk to, but a lot of teachers got back to me, and I spoke to one hundred and ninety-seven students. And yeah, it was. I, I didn't expect that turnout, but mm-hmm. it was very amazing. And like I said, originally it was just going to be focus groups, but because a large amount of students. I decided to also include it with the survey so mm-hmm. that way just because I remember being a student there's always the students are very loud very vocal and you have the mm-hmm. students who are just shy and who have mm-hmm. great ideas but don't say anything right. so I kind of did a two-pronged approach so that way the students who maybe don't want to speak up have an opportunity just to write it down so yeah it was just kind of doing this project of really getting to know the kids and you know just because uh, the community leaders were proposing ideas or projects that they maybe could offer to the kids. But, you know, I think if we really want something to work, it's important for it to be a dialogue, no? And the so community see... leaders aren't teenagers. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I know some of them, uh, not to offend anybody, but they're talking about their experiences as teenagers in 1980. Wow. But the demographics has changed in 2018 now, so it's mm-hmm. important to see where they're coming from. And, you know, so, yeah, it was just kind of going to the teachers, mainly speaking to the students and just talking about them, what those interests are, what do they want to see happen, what do they like about the neighborhood the way it is, not trying to change anything, just so that way we can kind of bring that into dialogue too with the community leaders so it really does feel more as this conversation rather than kind of like this one-way street, right. if that makes sense. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, well, so, what kind of, uh, I mean, can you 
uh, cite any examples of, of kind of what that feedback looked like in terms um, of, uh, were there any wide themes that kind of played out over the course of those 190 plus surveys <laughs> that you had filled out? Uh, well, I, I guess I, it's important for me to say, so I'm still in the process of kind of, um, I guess, synthesizing all that information. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually what I've been working on yesterday, and I will begin to do the same, continue the work next week, so I can't really speak much about it. Um, just I'm because... keeping you from that work right now, so <laughs> Yeah, I exactly. You should. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I gladly share it with Northeast News if you are all very interested in hearing what that information is about. it would be interesting yeah. to maybe put together a graphic or something like sure, that, yeah. that would uh, can sort of speak to what the students are actually saying. And okay. I know so often when you have these type of conversations about well, what the young kids, you know, what's the, what the youth are up to these days and what they're interested yeah. in. Um, yeah, that's one of the things that sometimes is missing mm. is feedback from them, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> Which is kind of crazy <laughs> to think about, but, yeah. um, you know, I think that's a, that's a valuable commodity is right. um, feedback. and. Mm-hmm. I think I'd be interested in that. Yeah, I agree. That would be great. Well, what's next on the docket? I mean, whenever you get done doing this interview yeah. and then get to go back to your work, <laughs> um, what do you got going? Yeah, so, um, well, as a VISTA, we have two mandatory service days since mm-hmm. MLK Day is on Monday. Um, mm-hmm. Later today, I think at 1230, it's, I would be meeting with all of the VISTAs, and I probably like around 20 to 25. 25 possibly. In so the Kansas City area? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. So we'll be meeting at a community garden. It's in Kensington Avenue, so it's mm-hmm. kind of more south. Mm-hmm. So we'll be there doing um, working from like 1230 to 430. And okay. so that'll be later today. But, you know, I guess it's just going to be, as I said, just after this interview, just <laughs> continue that work with the, <laughs> with the focus interview. group. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, so it's just kind of that. Um, but um, yeah, and I was just always trying to figure out ways to be engaged and really just get to know the community a lot better. I think that's something that's just very important to me. Just um, so, yeah, I don't know. So I re- I'm actually kind of, I love research and I really love to get to knowing people, get to know people. So, I mean, I think it'll be pretty great to see what it is that all the kids had to say from all of, I guess, the surveys and the focus groups. So uh, you've still got, uh, s- what, six months, five, six months? Uh, no, uh, I have uh, eight months. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Time um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if somebody does, I mean, Somebody wants to reach out. Somebody wants to partner with you on something. What's the best way for them to reach you? Can you take direct? Uh, can Can you just, I guess, have discourse with the community like that? If somebody sure. wanted to reach, call you up here and say, I have this idea, is that something that you can just put into action or at least get get to work on in, in terms of organization and things of that nature? I mean, yeah. or, or is there direction that comes from above mostly? Right. Uh, I mean... It seems like kind a lot of, of the projects... Kind of a convoluted question. But no, no, I understand. Yeah. So I, a lot of the work that I do is very much dependent on what it is that I hear at Likens or Indian Mound, if it's specific to both of these mm-hmm. neighborhoods. But it's also dependent on, the, I guess, the community leader meetings that happen once a month and, you know, what it is that afterwards uh, Mary and I have a discussion about of what are, you know action terms that need to happen, what are things that we need to do. So in some ways, yes, it's kind of very much community oriented. So mm-hmm. I guess I don't see any harm in just really knowing what it is that maybe people want to see happen in terms of projects. Mm-hmm. Um, I am currently more limited to working more with, I guess, Indian Mountain Lichens, but mm-hmm. I do know that in the future that there is hope to have a VISTA in other neighborhoods too, so that way the work I'm doing can be replicated in other places, But because currently it's just more specific to two neighborhoods. But I mean, I'm always grateful and excited to hear about what 
community, I guess what residents have to say and what they want to see happen. And I don't know, it's possible that maybe some of those goals, missions, projects may align with the work I'm actually doing right now. Right. And it does seem like there is some some emphasis on uh, being flexible day to day, week to week, month mm-hmm. to month, so yeah. that you can kind of engage in a project that maybe you hadn't considered or, or that sort of springs up as a matter right. of circumstance throughout the, the neighborhood. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask you about being bilingual and how important that was. (laughs) Um, You mentioned at at the top of the interview that Mary Sear had sought you out primarily for that reason, or at least in part for that reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I know she told me in the past before that she was also impressed with your resume. (laughs) Congratulations. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, But how has that ability to communicate to individuals who maybe don't have as much of a voice in the community, typically speaking. Okay. How has that benefited you? Right, absolutely. So I know that one of the reasons being bilingual is very important was because the two neighborhoods I'm working with, Likens and Indian Mound, they have a very high percentage of uh, Latino residents Uh in their area. I think it's around 50% for both of these neighborhoods. So knowing that as a VISTA, I'd be working in predominantly these two neighborhoods, it was very important for, I guess, me and I guess another future VISTA to have that ability just so that way, um, yeah, just kind of be conducive to conversation and relationship building just because I do know that Indian Mound Neighborhood Association and Lycans Neighborhood Association have both expressed to me that they want to increase the participation of their Latino neighbors. Mm -hmm. So it would be very difficult to do that kind of engagement if I was monolingual, if I only spoke English, just because, uh, yeah, just language is really essential to make that happen. And um, so, yeah, it's just kind of really important to... I guess whenever I'm talking to people, being able to express the same thing I'm doing in English, the same, expressing that in Spanish, and finding ways to connect with people. And I know that's kind of something that is kind of also, I guess, in the works that I'm hoping to con- continue working on this year, I guess, until the end of my VISTA service, increasing that number and just kind of making folks aware of this opportunity to be involved in neighborhood associations because I know that the participation is low. But at the same time, I think it's important to know that even though maybe there isn't a lot of Latino engagement at these neighborhood associations that they're very impressive in how they organize themselves. I go to the church in Sheffield, Our Lady of Peace, and Mm -hmm. sometimes I go to Holy Cross, which is here in Indian Mound, and Mm -hmm. it's very impressive that sometimes they do, like, events on Sundays, and they have a huge turnout, and sometimes, Mm -hmm. sometimes even bigger than the community events that are hosted by neighborhood associations. And I remember once there was, like, a month where they had one event on Sunday, and they had another one the next Sunday. So it was, like, back-to-back events with Mm -hmm. huge turnout with Mm -hmm. food and culture, and so, you know... It's kind of understanding that maybe their organization or they organize themselves at their church. So in some ways, like, what, how is it that we can build this relationship perhaps with the faith-based communities? Or how is it that we can think outside of the box to Meet really them in their reach? comfort zone mm-hmm. instead of having them come to your neighborhood associations. <laughs> yeah, just um, kind of thinking um, cre- uh, creatively and critically of how we can do that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's kind of just have, being, I think, being bilingual and in some ways also for me being bicultural, it just kind of really kind of, would help really facilitate that. Interesting. And I think in some ways, yeah, maybe Sundays are a good time to to reach out because, you know, (laughs) neighborhood association meetings happen on weekdays most of the time. You know, people have families. It's hard for them to peel away for a meeting, especially Mm -hmm. if they don't know what they're getting into. You know, you're kind of going in there sort of blind um, and hoping that maybe you can get something out of it. But on Sundays, you're already at the church. Yeah, you know, you're with family. You're already planning on doing that, mm-hmm. and maybe you you can reach people right. in, in their own comfort Absolutely. zone. And um, yeah. 
the, and in that situation, there might be an opportunity for some substantial mm-hmm. dialogue. But uh, have you had any specific conversations with non-English speaking individuals who who have expressed concerns about about what they're seeing or, or how they're represented in the yeah. community? Um, there's a lot of concerns on uh, about what's going on in the community. Um, just it can be mainly dealing with uh, maybe maybe illicit activity that's happening in a in a house like near on their block mm-hmm. or I guess some of the shootings that they hear by if they kind of live near Gladstone as well sure. and just kind of a lot of the similar I guess problems that are echoed at the neighborhood associations are similar but at the same mm-hmm. time it's it, they, they can be very different too just because I guess their experience as I guess Latinos very much kind of you know, I guess it can lead them to have just very distinct problems compared to folks who maybe are non-Spanish-speaking and maybe just not Latino at all. So, um, but yeah, it's just kind of having those conversations and whenever um, I guess I am with these neighborhood associations, just trying to bring those up as well, just because mm-hmm. it's kind of important to have that awareness too. But I think more important than having that awareness is having that accessibility, just having you know folks know about what's available here. And if right. they do want to participate, then it's readily accessible. So um, yeah, so it's kind of like I said, I'm still kind of working with the neighborhood associations on how we envision kind of increasing the number of, I guess, Latino residents participating. But um, however it is, I will definitely be there at these meetings to serve in as an interpreter if it's necessary. Okay. But, yeah. Well, you know, inevitably there's always going to be some overlap on that Venn diagram, right? And yeah. you just got to find those areas where that overlap exists and mm-hmm. build from there, I think. So. Yeah. Well, interesting. I, I know I promised I'd be under 30. We're a little bit over, but I appreciate <laughs> you taking the time. Yeah, and I will no get out of your hair and let you get back no, to those okay. surveys and, and, and working on that data. But yeah. I do appreciate it. And mm-hmm. uh, thanks very much for, yeah. for sitting down and uh, talking with us yeah. today. It was great. <laughs> this has been another edition of Kansas City's Northeast Newscast. Thank you once again to Ana Ramirez of the AmeriCorps VISTA program for joining us this week. Join us next time as we tell more stories for the people of Northeast Kansas City. Mm-hmm.